revival of a show dedicated to stories told in the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Here your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred, that great theme music by Roger Grego, Crazy Dog Audio Theater. All right, a couple of announcements here. First off, uh, we want to eagerly welcome Audible.com as a supporter of Radio Drama Revival. Um, they've given us the ability to offer you a 14-day free trial subscription. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash radiodrama. That's audibletrial.com forward slash radiodrama. A little bit more of a pitch later in the show. Uh, but moving right along, uh, we got Audible, and we got a great new artist for Sci-Fi February. Um, the show I'm about to feature, I hope, is the start of a trend, hope of a, a burgeoning new audio drama scene in Belgium. Um, the show the Witch Hunter Chronicles. I'll be honest, I completely, completely poached it from the Sonic Society. I heard it a few weeks back and was entranced, emailed Jack. Um, he connected me to the creators, and now we've got it here for you on Radio Drama Revival. So in case you were ever wondering, hmm, does, do, do Jack and Fred compete or do they cross-pollinate? Now you know we're like a little bit about busy bees trying to promote the world of audio drama with your help, with your listening support. Uh, we want to share great new independent artists with you. Um, what else can I say? I, I can say that it is awesomely gothic. Um, it's got some brilliant voice acting, terrific score, um, some characters that will really resonate with you. Um, it's kind of a, got an anime feel to it. It reminds me of uh, Vampire Hunter D. I don't know if you know about that franchise, but it's, um, you know, gothic, uh, cool characters, uh, badass protagonist, um, great stuff. Can't say enough how much I love this piece. Um, and am eager to share it with you today. Uh, but first, we do have a review from Captain Radio, our submissions editor out there. Uh, he's going to introduce us to the and the CEO. Oh, uh, you want to know why it's called the and the CEO? <laughs> That's kind of a story into itself. I will let the review contributor, Captain Radio, tune in to all that. Okay, Captain Radio, what's up? Greetings, Audionauts. Captain Radio here with a review of... the and the CEO by Larissa Naples. As the daughter of an international airport architect, Larissa Naples grew up a global nomad in touch with diverse landscapes and peoples. As an adult, she realized many Americans tend to digest their culture in chunks during downtimes at such places as airport lounges or rush hour parking lots. So, she recently launched Larissa Naples Productions to create original audio dramatic ear candy for people on the go. As her first go at ear candy, Larissa wrote, directed, and produced low-key tongue-in-cheek horror tale and titled The and the CEO. In this macabre tale, June Lee, a professional shows CEO Mr. Bruce an exceptionally fine and suspiciously cheap waterfront office condo. Asked why it's still available, the laughs and obliquely mentions silly ghost tales. As if cued, Dave, a homeless bone vivant and disenchanted sidewalk squatter outside the structure, confronts Bruce and urges him to pass on this one. Good advice, but not taken. Once his company occupies the space, Bruce's entire staff deserts him rapidly after glancing his face. Dave reappears, a fallen former CEO himself, to help sort out Bruce's plight. What's wrong with my eyes? My pupils are... Square? Was some kind of something crawling around inside just behind your cornea? You were probably possessed the first time you grabbed me. You're trying to tell me I'm... you're... we're possessed? By what? I already told you! The ghosts of engineers past! You know, all those brilliant worker bees who died in their cubicles, sleeping under their desks! For us! Apparently the first CEO to rent this place took to dumping the bodies in the bay! But their ghosts have stuck around to exact some sort of revenge! Bruce discovers a mini-mob of infected CEOs who previously leased the condo now surrounds it with a cardboard ghetto. They believe that June Lee uses the ghosts therein to make them public pariah, while she uses 
uses the computers inside slowly to empty their bank accounts. Bruce and Ajit, the Kellis CEO who apparently jump-started the morbid cycle, determined that one ghost engineer with a chilling, disembodied computer voice maintains a special latchkey computer program that keeps them all trapped. The latchkey solution is designed to solve big problems. Problems like us, maybe? After more sometimes fatal plot twists interspersed with not a little social parody, Bruce hits on an outrageous and desperate scheme that will either free them all from the demonic presence or kill them all one by one. Despite being a first effort, Larissa strives diligently for good production values. Both the plot and the acting in this necessarily slightly over-the-top ear candy chunk trilogy proved to be entertaining. Shortly after her free-to-listen drama episodes appeared online, a very high-profile national association suddenly bore elephant gun to fly pressure on Larissa. She was ordered to remove the term from her drama title, her website and domain, and any other associated materials. You can hear all three episodes of The and the CEO by Larissa Naples on the First Sound channel at CaptainRadio.com. Until next time, Audionauts, this is Captain Radio signing off. All right, Captain Radio, thank you. Terrific review, terrific show. Um, if you want to send stuff to Captain Radio, you can email him directly, Radio at radiodramarevival.com, or hit the submit uh, button on top of radiodramarevival.com. That will hit him and me. I, myself, am running around like chicken with his head cut off most of the time, so Captain Radio is really helping uh, getting us moving forward on the reviews front and submissions front and getting all this organized. We hear from so many different people, and since this is kind of a limited format show, we don't get to feature everybody all the time as much as we'd like, and um, having Captain Radio on board and starting to build up his own unique audio channels on his own CaptainRadio.com site is helping all that, helping advance the, um, the, the whole market of promoting independent audio drama. So uh, with that said, we go on to our main feature this week, The Witch Hunter Chronicles, Episodes 1 through 3. I love it. Take off. So now the darkness is complete. You know who I am, don't you? Yes, I know. You are death. And you are aware of your position? It's all over. Yes, I'm aware of that. Oh, don't be so gloomy, good man. Do you find this darkness disturbing? No. No, I find it strangely comforting. You're in the womb of the afterlife now. The time has come to answer to me for all you have done and all you have forsaken to do. Now the measure of your life must be taken, and then, only if you are found worthy, may you look upon the countenance of our sweet goddess. I do not believe my heart is pure enough to merit that. But before you judge me, let me tell you that I have seen the face of suffering and braved the sight of despair. I know what it means to hate, yes, but also what it is to love. I have a name, and I have a story. Death is not so quick to judge, my friend. All those who have come here to my abode are given the chance to sit down and tell their tales. And in doing so, I will grant you something. As you bring to me the story of your life, I will complete it for you, by showing you the other side of it. And then, only then, Will you see the true, full canvas of yourself? I cannot promise you what your tale will bring to you. Hope, ruin, or maybe nothing. But you must choose now. 
Do you want to know the stories that connect to your own? There is not a shadow of doubt. However dark your words may become, I must know. Good. Very good. You have a fearless heart. Tell me your name, and tell me who you were in your life. My name was Ludlov, and I was a witch hunter. Ludlov, my friend. Begin. I will not tell you of my youth and my first love, for it will have little bearing on my presence here. No, I will commence with the part where the story truly begins. A tale like none even you have ever heard. Ah, thank you. That is most appreciated. Not all new ones are as considerate for weary old death as you in that respect. Begin where you will, but let your tale be one that speaks of who you are. Very well, old man. I have lived my whole life in the great city of Seven Peaks. Round and tall it was, and in its center stood the cathedral, a building both proud and dark. Surrounding this great feat of architecture and the grand marketplace before it, there were seven spires that gave the city its name. I cannot say it was a safe haven, for Seven Peaks was full of evil. Corruption, crime, decay, a society torn between a lifeless, blasé aristocracy and the mass of oppressed commoners so far removed from the notions of hope and improvement that they simply accepted the unpleasantness of their brief lives. But, despite all of this, I had tasted happiness, experienced what it meant to love and be loved. And then, I had lost it. And ever since that day, nothing seemed daunting anymore. Nothing seemed joyous anymore. I did not flee anymore from suffering, and I did not seek anymore for pleasure. I was the perfect recipe for a witch hunter. I shall begin my tale now, on one dreadful night in the city. The year was 1477, seven years after I had lost my wife and with her all that I used to be, at the hands of a cult of dark magicians, seven years after I had become a member of the Witch Hunter Order, seven years since my quest had begun to find and destroy the Black Sickle. just returned from a small quest in the wild outside the city, where very few others ever went. I had succeeded in finding and destroying a renegade necromancer, who proved to be only a minor trespasser in the end. I returned to the last inn outside of the city and considered exploring more of the forests now that I had the chance. 
But then I received a message, bearing a terrible warning, and so I returned, and found the city to be in flames. Adamir's house is burning already. I must venture inside swiftly. I recognize you. That's the price you pay for being famous, I gather. Your reputation precedes you, even when you don't want it to. You are from the cult. Well spotted. However, I had expected more from a witch hunter of your stature. I am not here to exchange banter. I am here to find my friend. Now move aside, or die. Good friend, fear not. We of the Black Sickle have subtler methods to gain what we want than mere brute violence. The Black Sickle is always a few steps ahead, Lord Love. Let go of your hatred of us. We can use a man like you. You could be our ally, Lord Love. The greatest witch hunter of our time. On our side. And all the pain that haunts you, and all the madness that drives you, could be taken away. You forget why I am a successful witch hunter. Cultist! It's because I am immune to your seductive magics. And now for Adamir! Adamir! Good love, you're too late. Fear not, I will get us both out of this. Come on, I'll carry you. No, 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 good love. That log, it's falling. Eternal death, enemy of all! No, no, I, I cannot allow my feelings to govern me now. There will be another time to find this enemy. I had better leave the city, or it will be left of it on the morrow. Quickly, away!
is that? A young girl. She seems to be bending over the body of an old woman. Let me observe this from a bit closer. Mother, mother, fight back. You still have a chance to live. Hold on for a little longer. This spell will clear your lungs of smoke and reduce the hurt of the burns. Just a few moments longer, mother, and I will heal you. Oh no. Vethek. The worst bigot of all witch hunters. <coughs> <coughs> smoke <coughs> you there girl what are you doing please sir just a moment she's my mother she's dying and what are you doing with her i i'm i uh... healing using magic please sir please i which sir the fire do you think the fire warrants the use of magic all it does is bring out the true face of you you, you demons you know the last girl and as there's no time to arrest you, I shall have to resort to the alternative. What? What is... All right, Vathek. That's enough. I hate to do this, but... Sir, what are you going to do? I'm going to clear the world of another stain upon its face. It looks like I beat you to it, Vathek. Who are you? I can't see you through the smoke. Can you still save your mother? I... I hope so. I'll have to be quick. Then don't waste your time with me. city, for the fire stayed clear from the historical center, and there I had a room arranged in one of the better inns. I waited for a few days, and found that remarkably, the fire that had seemed so cataclysmic before could be vanquished in two days. The inns by this time had flooded with refugees in their stories. The devastation seemed horrifying. I realized it was time to report to the mayor, and so I prepared myself and made for his mansion. 
a tastelessly over-luxurious resort of enormous size, quite near the cathedral. I had always felt that this kind of secular display of glory in the face of our beloved spire was quite simply insulting to the goddess. But as a good witch-hunter, I also knew that any argument with its occupant would be greatly undesired. Yes? Forgive me for my impertinence, good man, but I must speak to your master. Ah, good love. The mayor is in his office. I shall take you to him at once. Master Grundheim, Your Excellency, may I present Master Ludlow? Of course. Leave us. Certainly. Have a seat. What do you wish to discuss? The enemy has struck. <laughs> I knew you witch hunters would find a scapegoat for the fire. I'm not interested in scapegoats, sir. Only the truth. Then who was this enemy whose existence is so obvious to you? A dark cult by the name of the Black Sickle. Why am I not surprised, Lord Love? I know what this is about. Justice. It is about justice, sir. No, Lord Love, it's not. It's about your personal need for satisfaction. Sir, I have some tragic news. Don't change the subject, Lord Love. You know I'm right. On the eve of the fire, I received an anonymous letter saying tomorrow night... Adomir the witch-hunter shall perish in his own flames. I was abroad at the time, but as soon as I received the letter, I hastened back to Seven Peaks. Upon my arrival, the city was already burning. I made my way to Adomir's house, where I encountered a cultist. He had locked my friend and mentor up in his room while the house was burning. I was unable to save him. That is very grim news, Ludlov. I know the witch-hunters have many enemies in magic societies. The letter was signed thus. The sign of... And did I mention that the cultist's exact words were the black sickle is always a few steps ahead? Well, I... It doesn't get much clearer, does it, sir? Oh, yes, this is about personal satisfaction. But it is also the truth. Don't tell me the fire was an entirely unrelated accident. These... These are the perpetrators. All right, Ludlov. What do you want? The Black Sickle is gracious about giving away its actions because all the words Black Sickle represented this time is a faceless threat. But there is some greater design and definitely an evil mind behind all this and I want to root it out. I want to crawl inside of them, unseen, unknown like a parasite slowly weakening its host, and thus I want to expose them and destroy them. Inside? Yes. Yes, it is the only way to bring them down. And maybe, just maybe, you could help me. Oh? Yes. Do you have any magical trespassers in your custody? The jails are crowded with bandits and murderers, Lord Love. Not wizards, but... We do have one. Interesting. Tell me about the spellcaster. She's only a young girl, but surprisingly gifted. Her name is Samina. We arrested her on the basis of Rule 35. Unauthorized magical healing? Yes. Apparently her mother was severely wounded in the fire. 
She tried to save her, but then the city guards showed up and she had to break the spell. Hmm. She doesn't exactly sound like a troublemaker, but all right. If it's all we have to go with, I shall go speak with her. Good love. Yes. Try to be a gentleman. She's been through a lot of pain already. I am a witch hunter, sir. Not a gentleman. Samina? Samina. I am not an enemy. I would just like to have some words with you. Not an enemy. Strange to hear that from someone dressed like a witch hunter. I am a witch hunter. And I am a witch. So don't tell me you are not my enemy. But I speak the truth. Even if you don't believe me, the two of us have something in common, Samina. We are both misunderstood human beings. It's hard to misunderstand people who burn others for trying to save lives. First of all, I'm not going to burn you, and I will do all that there is in my power to keep you from such a fate. And secondly, if I had been there, Samina, I would not have let your mother die. What is this? Some kind of trick to gain my confidence so that I tell you what I know? Don't count on it, witch hunter. I would rather die than give away anything to the likes of you. My name is Ludlow. How good for you, Ludlow. You don't know why I am a witch hunter, do you, Samina? I don't care. You don't know why I am a witch. I think I do. You are a witch merely because your mother was a witch, and she taught you in the ways of magic, being one with the powers of the earth, healing and taking care of those you love, yes. I have known witches like you before. In my book, you are hardly even witches at all. You are the children of nature. And what are you, then? I am a man. Just a man, in essence. But to the world, I am also a symbol of the complete eradication of magic. But what is a symbol? It's not who I am. You chose to be that symbol, and so it is who you are. I chose for it, that's true. But why? Because we, the Witch Hunter Order, with our swift and uncompromising methods, are the only things that the spellcasters fear, but... But what? I will confide in you, Samina, and I will tell you a secret. I am not a pleasant man by far. I have persecuted, killed, even, much as it grieves me, tortured. But never, ever, did I do any such thing to a truly innocent person. Do not mistake me for some of my colleagues. I am not a man who will hurt people for being something that I am not, or believing something that I do not, even if my order is one that does follow that creed. I, personally, am only after the true evils of this world. Those that snatch infants from their cradles that drink blood and destroy lives. They are the ones who should fear me. It is only dark magic and its users that I wish to destroy. If that is true, then why did you join Hoskiv's witch hunter bigots who make no such distinction? Because we are all there is that can destroy the truly dark ones. And if I am indeed truthful and respect the children of nature such as yourself, is it then not best to have people like myself among the ranks of the godmother's men? Granted. 
But you stand for an ideal that is evil, Ludlov. You wear its uniform. Those are my ways, Samina. I get inside, like a worm inside an apple. I did this with the witch hunter order, and I intend to do it with the black sickle. And what do you need me for? You are the only magic user I can talk to at the time. And I want to know whether you know anything about the black sickle. Are you making some cruel joke? Why would I be? I won't tell you anything. Very well. Very well. If indeed you do know something about the black sickle that you refuse to tell me, then I can draw only one conclusion from that, Semina. You don't want to betray them. I know nothing. You do. I know you do, and I have patience. But my time is limited. And so is my trust in you. Await my return. Has she spoken yet? Oh, all these small heretic rebels are all the same. They think they have willpower. I give her another day or so, and then she breaks. Witch hunters, we're all so confident. One day that confidence might be the downfall of your order, Ludlov. If that is to be the end. Do you have another question, sir? Yes. I want to tell you that you need not worry about bearing the news of Adamir's death to your Grand General. As it happens, I'm meeting her today. Let me tell her of it. Thank you, sir. Adamir was like... like a brother to me. The Grand General knows that. With your permission, sir, I would like to return to my inn and prepare further investigations with the witch for tomorrow. By all means, Ludlov. Beware that witch hunter, Grundheim. There is more about him than meets the eye. I did not wish to speak to anyone. Until late in the night, I spent my time studying the bookful of notes I had made on the black sickle, but I could not concentrate. The death of my mentor kept playing over and over again in my mind. Adamir! Curse you! Curse you to eternal death! Enemy of all! I had seen him burning to death, and there had been nothing I could do except flee. I was reminded again of my wife. 
and it pained me so much. I felt a deep shame. The next morning, Edomir was buried in a quiet ceremony within the cathedral. I was there, and I paid him my last respects. Grand General Hoskiv was there as well, sometimes jokingly referred to as the Witch Hunter Godmother. Angelina Hoskiv had become the friendly face of our order over the years. Every man in the street knew the true face of the Witch Hunters, however, and was perfectly aware of it that it was not altogether friendly. But with her firm but seemingly gentle character, the Grand General was a sympathetic figure to represent us, and that had certain benefits to it. Grand General Hoskiv invited me to a grand dinner party at the mayor's house, which was to be held a few days later to commemorate Adomir. This was the custom among our ranks, and I heartily agreed. But that evening, I quickly made for the dungeons near the mayor's house again to speak to Samina. Her initial hostility had lost some of its ferocity, but she was still highly distrustful of me. If you are a man of honor, as you would have me believe, how can you not feel any shame being part of that mob of hateful bigots? What makes you think that I feel no shame? And still you do not leave them. In the same way that not all magicians are dangerous fools, witch hunters are not all hateful bigots, Samina. My mentor, Adomir, was a righteous man. How can you say a thing like that? Witch hunters prevented my mother's chances of living. Witch hunters forced us to live our lives in shame and secrecy. Witch hunters put me in this dungeon, taking my freedom, and soon I fear my life. I promise you, Samina, I will not allow that to happen. You say your mentor was a righteous man? Yes. Then why did he not stop the religious persecution of our kind? Surely he must have had the power to have some influence... Adomir was wise in many ways, but he never talked about these things. Well, my mother and my brother and I did, and we... Yes. Your brother? So you have a brother? Yes, I have a brother. Interesting. Why haven't you mentioned him before? Do you know where he is? No. He left us some time ago. Left you? Yes. He went looking for... Adventure. I see. Adventure. Was he approached by anyone from the Black Sickle? You fool. Do you expect me to tell you anything? I am not your enemy, Samina. I will have you set free and I will return your life to you in as much as I can if you just answer my questions. Your kind already took my life in a way that can never be returned. My good lady, they are not my kind. What makes you think that you are any different? As I said, I do not believe there is any harm in your natural witchcraft. I do not persecute people for using magic. I have but one purpose in this order. The Black Sickle? That is right. I do not know who they are or what is behind them, but they are pure evil. That I know. 
You can help me. You can help yourself and the rest of Seven Peaks by helping me. I will need time. Time? For what? Trusting you. Granted, I will buy you as much time as I can. But that is not long, I fear. Very well, then. Don't underestimate my resolve, Samina. I think you will find it quite strong. That evening, I found the mayor's mansion to be filled with wealthy sycophants, as well as holders of true power. At first sight, this may have seemed to be a party of refined sophistication, but to the trained eye, it quickly became apparent that this thin veil of civilization barely covered up the deeply infested decadence of this society. It was a disease, I thought. A disease that proved itself in the nature of the conversations as well as in the excess of the meal, which contained the meat of rare animals and spices from unknown lands beyond the eastern mountains. Pointless luxury. As I looked on the feast, a thought struck me. What suffering did it cost to pay for this? No one would ever know and no one would ever care. But as I thought this, I heard a rich man behind me talking about some disgusting disease that had been killing almost all of his lower servants recently. He spoke of it as a minor annoyance, as something that affected only him and his finances. I felt a surge of hatred towards him, accompanied again by the shame at the table, I found myself sitting right next to my superior, the Lady Hoskiv, Grand General of the Witch Hunter Order. <clears throat> Dear friends, as we enjoy this fine meal, for which I cordially congratulate my chef, I would like to remind us all of the tragedy that inspired it. The death of our good friend and trusted ally, Lord Adamir of the Witch Hunter Order, has shaken the community deeply. And perhaps the person best suited to commemorate him would be his close friend and, in Lord Adamir's own words, his greatest student, Master Ludlov. Ludlov, if you please, to address the table. <clears throat> I am not prepared for giving speeches, so forgive me for my brevity. Adomir has played a part far greater than that of a mere teacher in my life. He was a friend, and what's more, like a father in a way. For he took me under his wing when life was at its darkest for me. He taught me hope. It is because of Adomir that I now have a purpose. And what greater gift can anyone be granted than that? And so I would now bid you all raise your glasses and... Drink in memory of our good friend. To Adam! To Adam! Not too bad of a speech, Ludlove. In fact, you touched upon exactly that which makes you the star of our order. And what is that? Purpose. Resolve. 
In all my years, I have never met a more passionate and unwavering member. Even the dreaded hypnotic magics of the cult members do not seem to influence you. My passion may be my strength, but it is also like salt upon an ugly wound, lady. But I prize the gift of moral strength that Adomir gave me. For that I praised him. And you did well. Adamir's death has spawned a new awareness among our ranks and the nobility. It has now been brought home to them that even the witch hunters are not fully safe from this dark cult of yours. For all our ancient knowledge, training and weapons, they have the advantage of their enigma. I do not fear the Black Sacrament. I know you don't, and it has me troubled. Fear, you see can be an ally. For those who wield it, yes. Never for those in its grip. Perhaps. But keep caution, Ludlow. I sense that the fire was merely the beginning. Hmm. So you agree, then, that the Inferno was an act of arson? Of course. I didn't make Grand General through naivety, Ludlow. No, whatever this black sickle is. It's something very big. And I can feel its grip growing tighter about our city. Something must be done. Something strong-minded. Perhaps even shocking. But please do not make the mayor's mistake, if I may be so bold. That depends. What mistake do you mean? I have observed that Mayor Grundheim shows more interest in giving the citizens what they want than he does in pursuing what is just. To be justice, our branch of the responsibility, Ludlow, and sometimes it encompasses unpleasant aspects. Be that as it may, you know there are things you cannot do, lady. It is not your place to talk to me that way, Ludlow. I know what you mean, then yes, I do plan to take the anti-magic laws much further. But that responsibility is mine. Mine alone. No matter, no matter, it's only thunder. Continue playing, lads. What is this devilry? All has gone dark. Servants, light the chandeliers again. in front of me. I answer to no one, foolish witch hunter woman. Be silent and hear my words. I shall be known to you as the teacher. I come to you with a warning. The burning of Adamir must be the first sign of the apocalypse. The end of the sacred stones is nigh and before the coming of the winter. The city shall be swarmed with ravens of darkness. All you know and love shall be destroyed, unless you follow my command. Why would we listen to you, sorcerer? Silence! You stand here and call me sorcerer. I say to you that all sorcerers are sinners. I serve a mind far greater than any beings on this earth. 
I speak in the name of the great powers. Your city is filled with sinful beings. Those who selfishly draw from the stones and suck them dry. They can no longer be allowed, lest all of you be swarmed by the armies of the evil. The sinners must be killed. But we do not know who are the evil. When it burn them all! I wonder whose side he was on. We cannot speculate about this, and we cannot leave anything to chance. Follow me, Ludlov. We will continue this discussion in private. Episodes from the Witch Hunter Chronicles there, whchronicles.wordpress.com. That's whchronicles, witchhunter, whchronicles.wordpress.com there. Ten episodes deep so far. We'll have three more for you on the show next week uh, before we move on to yet another exciting round of audio. Uh, March, first week of March, brings us the release of a new show by Final Rune Productions. That's The Cleansed, the pilot episode of The Cleansed. Um, if you think you've heard this before, you may have on the stream uh, for a limited time we were using WKIT, Bangor, Maine's uh, rock and roll radio station to uh, feature the stream of that show. Um, because it has a lot of licensed rock music, we cannot offer it as a podcast, or we could not offer it as a podcast. But luckily for you and for everybody, I hope, uh, we have remixed it and re-releasing that piece with podcast-safe music. And it is freaking awesome. I hope you like it. I've put a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of hours into it. And I'm eagerly working on the first season. This is going to be a huge story um, along the lines of uh, Wormwood or Edict Zero or uh, We're Alive or Leviathan Chronicles or any of those massive, uh, massive uh, serial audio dramas, I've got my own contribution. It has been years in, in the making. Um, it's all going to be on location recorded, which is part of the reason why it takes so long to produce. And um, it's going to be great. I uh, hope you enjoy The Cleansed coming up first week of March. And <laughs> wait till you hear what we got for you in store after that. Whew, okay, in the meantime, remember, you can find over 150 hours of original audio drama programming at radiodramarevival.com. You can also learn all but the latest in audio drama news by following us on Twitter. Hit up at Radio Drama or search Facebook for Radio Drama Revival. Um, also on iTunes, search Radio Drama Revival. A uh, quick plug here, Radio Drama Revival is now partnered with audible.com. Um, Audible, of course, is the place to go for uh, subscription to digital audio books. Um, of course, they've got a huge audio drama selection on there, including many of Yuri Rosovsky's pieces going from uh, more modern stuff such as St. Joan and um, the Maltese Falcon um, to his Sherlock Holmes work and then back to 2000X. That's all up on Audible and um, stuff from my colleague William DeFries, uh with the Rocky Coast Radio Theater. All, all sorts of good stuff up on Audible. And I am pleased to announce that we can give you a free 14-day trial to Audible. Um, I'm someone who listens to a lot of free programming. I also have an audible.com subscription because uh, sometimes, I'll be honest, I do actually listen to audiobooks. Uh, I'm still working my way through um, Stephen King's The Dark Tower 
series. Um, great audiobook pieces there. I'd love to see them dramatized, but it's available as an audiobook. Um, plenty of books, you know, plenty of titles out there that just aren't dramatized, as well as drama titles too. So if you are like me, you've been thinking, gosh, I might actually want audio audible.com membership. Uh, do check out audibletrial.com forward slash radiodrama. audibletrial.com forward slash radiodrama. That's my plug for the week. You can help support Radio Drama Revival if you sign up for an audio, audible trial that way. Thank you. All right, and that wraps it up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains their original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio at WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's Community Radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com as a labor of love. Till next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Thanks for tuning in, and have a great week. (laughs) 